Welcome to Vinyasa in Verse, the podcast where we connect mind, body, and spirit through poetry and practice. I'm Leslie Ann Hobayan. Together, we'll explore different ways of connecting with our innermost selves and how to tap into the flow of the universe. Because once that happens, anything is possible. Your best life starts now. Um, today, I'd like to welcome one of my dearest teachers um, and owner and director of Onyx Yoga Studio in Warren, New Jersey, to the show. Welcome, Shannon Elliott. Yeah. Hi, thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad that you could come and join me here um, because we're in a very interesting time where I feel that it's important for people to hear other narratives, other ways of looking at how um, this pandemic is affecting us. Um, but before we get into that, I'd like to read a poem by Hafez to open the show. And so I'll do my magical roulette wheel of poem selecting. And this one, this one's funny because it's just a really short poem. Okay, so this poem by Hafez for today is called Damn Thirsty. First, the fish needs to say, something ain't right about this camel ride, and I'm feeling so damn thirsty. <laughs> That's actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that? Well, that feels, that just, for me, I hear that as uh, life, like the constant struggle of trying to, you know, go upstream when we should be flowing downstream, or that's our constant fight, right? Is that we're trying to be somebody else all the time, as opposed to being ourselves or being who we think we should be. And it very much feels like a fish on a camel's back at times. I can see that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because I'm linking it back to Um, to what I touched on earlier before I read the poem was that um, this pandemic is, I think, causing a lot of people to question, are we fish on camels right now? Or have we been? And now we're realizing that we're so damn thirsty. Yes. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. I mean, there's such an interesting balance now, you know, like I have, I mean, I'm here with you talking, but my kids are downstairs. I have my dog sitting next to me, the plumber, we have a plumber that's supposed to be coming. It's like, you know, like, it's so funny. There's just so much busyness as well. in this like redirecting, trying to figure out like, okay, how do we use this? Like, for good, you know, we are home, we are doing these things. So there's a lot of positive. Um, and at the same time, uh, I per, you know, I've never been busier in my life trying to adjust to this new way that the world is operating right now, you know, which I wasn't a part of a month ago. I wasn't a part of all of this online technology and, and things like that. And now <laughs> here we are, you know, it's a completely different, um, almost like paradigm, you know, it's like, it's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. It totally is. And with, um, what's interesting as you were talking about, um, you know, shifting to online, um, I had, a a guest on last episode and she was talking about her favorite yoga studio had been talking about, you know, providing live, live stream classes or whatever. And, but they had been dragging their feet on it. And she goes, wouldn't you know, in 48 hours, boom, they were live online. (laughs) That's exactly what happened to us. I had been wanting an online studio for a while, not live streaming, but the library and stuff like that. And I was like, 
I have no idea how to do this. I mean, for years, almost once a week um, at our meetings, I would say, you know, this is on the list, this is on the list, but it's so overwhelming. I don't know how to do it. And as you can see where this was all heading, uh, we got that online library up in like 24 hours. You know, I was like, oh my God, like there it is. There are platforms that do this. And it just, you know, when you need to, you do. And I think every I watched a lot of studios do it very, very quickly, which is crazy impressive for people that are, you know, our business model or Onyx's business model has always been people, you know, face to face. And we don't want to be this, you know, live stream in our home kind of people. Um, And now it's like the greatest gift, the greatest miracle is that we can still see one another, you know, but everybody that adjustment was the hardest adjustment. It took so much time for those of us that had no idea, you know, how to do it. It's not that complicated, but it was extremely complicated in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And what's, and what's interesting is that it, it sort of takes getting used to interacting with people through a screen rather than in person. But then over time you realize that there's some value in that, um, that is different, but it's still like, I know from taking your classes, um, your live streaming classes that everyone loves to just like say hi after, you know, and it's just really good to create that community to continue to create the community despite everything that's, that's going on. Yeah, it's true. I can't believe how much value there is in that for me as well. It's, you know, I mean, they're definitely, I don't know that I'll ever get used to talking to a phone, but when I get to see everybody's faces on the other side, it's really meaningful, you know, both ways, because you realize you're not alone out there just talking to a screen. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and it must be like, I was thinking about this um, yesterday, because the way you have it set up is that I'm imagining you're farther away from the phone, right? So it's like, you're almost teaching to an empty room. I mean, Nicole is there, but it's, you're teaching to an empty room. And then, so it takes a little bit more, I would imagine on your part to really be present, um, and engaged with your teaching. Yeah, it's interesting. It's very different. I mean, every rule that I ever had went out the window, like, you know, don't, don't, do the class while you teach the class or, you know, like, Don't have not, a piece of paper. yeah, it's like, you know, have your papers. I mean, I have stuff written down all the time. I have papers everywhere now because it's like, I just, you know, there's all these things, which has been kind of nice, you know, these things that I thought were rules, which they are, you know, as necessary, but this ability to adapt, but, um, but yeah, to your point, um, when I teach the live classes, it is essentially to the back of a phone. You know, I don't see anything else. When I do something like this, or we've done teacher training, which I actually found surprisingly really valuable as well, because I sat and you could see everybody's faces. You know, well, normally I'm sitting in the room, I'm looking at everybody, but you could see each person's face, and I knew where to go and who to talk to, and and you could see more of what was happening in people to understand if you needed to ask more questions or continue on a topic. And it was actually really, really nice. I I couldn't believe, you know, I even think now in the future, when we get to the other side of this, I'm like, there could be benefit in doing some online work as well. You know, it is a different experience. I wouldn't want it to replace, not for what we do, but um, there's value that I never thought was there. So I'm learning a lot of new things. 
as well. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting what you said about the training um, as far as like being able to like see people's faces directly, you know, because I know sometimes in, in a group setting, like in-person group setting, people can hide, you know, they can look away. Um, yeah. I mean, they can still look away with the screen, but it's not it's still, it's more obvious. <laughs> yeah. And you can get a read, you know, it just by glancing and that's like, as opposed to trying to tea, it's very interesting, like what you can see in people. So, um, so yeah, I don't know. There's just, there's just been so much change, but it's not, um, I have the mindset that it's good or bad. I mean, I look forward to the other side. I hope that we get to the other side. I mean, business wise is not, um, you know, I'm, it's hard for a lot of people right now. And we're one of those people. So we're like, we're, you know, we're working hard, but we're also glad that we can be a business that can be open right now too, you know, to a degree. Right. Right. Um, and so I'm thinking about how, I mean, we, we see that, um, this pandemic is affecting businesses in a, in a, in a certain way. Um, but what about like people's psyches? I know that a lot of people are stressed and full of anxiety. Um, and to yoga a lot. Um, a lot of people, I don't know, have you gotten new people who are like, I, I don't know, and I have no idea if you have a way of knowing, but are like, you know, I wanted to try yoga for the longest time or meditation or whatever it is. And now I'm, now, now I can. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. We did it. We did the numbers a day or two ago. And we had um, since this started, I believe we probably went live around the 20th, maybe of March. Um, but we've had over 100 new clients join, um, which is a lot, you know, um, for what's happening. It's a lot. Um, but part of what we're doing, because this is one of my biggest concerns, is is people that are home, people that are under financial stress, or they are alone. They've been alone this entire time, or they have no more job, or they have, you know, like existing and new clients in general. I don't even want to call them clients, honestly. Um, but that's why our classes, not everyone's doing this, and not everybody has been positive in, in the, this choice, but it is why we're still doing free live stream classes because I just can't fathom if we are, if someone has been a member of Onyx and can no longer afford it, or if somebody new, you know, that lives in the community or doesn't even live locally, um, to be able to do yoga with what I'm going to just say is real people, because I love online yoga in all honesty, but there's a lot of celebrity out there, you know, there's a lot of people that are more like actors teaching, which, you know, has been, it's wonderful and it's purposeful, but to be able to take class with the teachers you've been with for the last few years is like so important right now because of people's mental health and, and the stress and the overwhelm and everything that's going on, the chaos, it, it's, it's helpful to people. So that's why we're trying to say, if you can still be a member, be a member, but we're going to keep it free as long as we can, um, specifically for that reason. I think a lot of people right now are going to be trying yoga either now or when everything reopens, they're finally going to come. But everyone should have access to it right now. It's just how I feel. It is mental health, you know, not just mental, but physical and spiritual and the whole thing. And it is really, really important right now. And I just, I can't fathom trying to, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if we're doing the right thing or the wrong thing, but I just feel like everybody should have access to it right now. And so that's what we're trying to do. 
Yeah, and I think, and I think, I don't think it's necessarily a right or wrong thing. I mean, I guess it depends on who you ask. If you ask the economist, then maybe you know you're doing the wrong thing. But I feel like with the um, with the pandemic, like the idea of economics is shifting and it's changing, and it's now becoming how can I help other people? You know, I um, I saw some reports where there's um, like a local restaurant um, that has a few locations near hospitals. And what they've been doing was they were um, donating meals to all the hospital staff, but then it became came to a point where it wasn't financially sustainable. So they reached out to their community and said, hey, we want to do this. Can you sponsor a meal for these people? So not only can we stay open and we can keep our employees, um, you know, working, that we can also help out on the front lines. And I thought to myself that that's I think what the new economy is going to look like. And so what you're doing is very much in line with, you know, creating the community and having people who have the means to help support that and to help build it. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't know how other people feel in the community, but I'm like, you know, if I have the means, I'm definitely going to, you know, help out and, and, um, and do what I can. But, um, but I think, yeah, you know, you're right. And everyone, I just keep thinking everyone's in the same position. So me worrying about trying to make a few extra dollars today actually is not useful. You know, it's not, it's not what there is to do. What there is to do is to keep ourselves, you know, open. And if, you know, we need, like, we're doing everything at the same thing that every other small business is doing, applying for all these um, grants and, you know, hopefully forgivable loans and things like that. I'm not saying like, I mean, there's no, uh, uh, well, we don't need to, I don't need to get into all of that, but it's like, you know, like, what am, what are you going to do? You can't worry about what you can't control. And what I can actually partic- like participate and offer in is offering yoga to everybody right now. And that's what I know we can do. And so that's what I feel like we've always stood for. I've been a big, you know, proponent of like, Onyx being what we call whole package yoga, and that's all the teachings. And so if we can't offer like the actual toolkit and ways to help people right now, like that's, this is what I think you and I may have talked about it when this all first went down and kind of was like, this is what we've been training for, you know, like we've been training for our teachers have trained us for this. So, you know, we know how to do this and we have to remember for ourselves to get to our own practice and do our yoga. And we have to then, you know, share it with as many people as, you know, as want to hear it because it helps. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And, and you touch on something really important, which is we do our own practice, right? Yes. It's the, and, and, and people have used the word self-care in ways that have sort of yeah. change the, the essence of it. Um, it's not, you know, let's go to the salon and get a manicure, but it's really like, let's take care of ourselves so that we're in top condition in order to serve other people. Um, and to just be the example for, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is that we want to, to offer, um, whoever is in our community. Yeah, um, it's so true. That self-care thing is so funny. I've tried to teach that for years. Like, it could be a manicure, but it's probably not, you know? I'm like, it's maybe question that, you know, because it could be something else. And then it's like, now people, all of us, you know, have no choice. So we have to really dig deep into what that self-care means and looks like for each one of us, because I do think it's different, too. Yeah, yeah, it's totally different. Um The one thing that I um, was thinking about as uh, I got ready for our conversation was this idea of being present. And you mentioned that in class yesterday. And I thought that was really important um, 
to bring up because a lot of people, you know, just in the news, on social media, you know, the whisperings I hear is when this is over, when we get through this. Um, and the idea of being present is really hard. So I don't, I don't know if you want to speak a little bit about, you know, how you might be doing that or what other people can do and why that's so important. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's always like, I mean, I have it tattooed, although I forget about it, but I have my now tattooed on my wrist, which I've actually used for the first time in years (laughs) recently. But (laughs) that word is so important. It's the first word in the yoga sutras, you know, one of the classical texts on yoga. And it's the first word for a reason. It's really what we have. And we get all tripped up. I mean, the reality is I know the majority of us are okay right now in the present moment, regardless of the circumstance, whether we have a job or not, you know, we, most of us are sitting in houses with roofs over our head. My kids are here, you know, um, it's not always been fun, but I actually have been pleasantly surprised that, you know, we've bonded in the ways that we have and all this kind of stuff. But the, the being present is just the reminder that most of the time, especially right now, we're so past and future focused, like about how it was just four short weeks ago, the whole world was different, you know, like completely. And so people live there and long for this. And then there's that fear or, you know, push to have to get back and we miss opportunity to learn, you know, we're always one of my, I, I know I've talked to you about this before, but and people always laugh at me, but one of my favorite movies is the movie Click with Adam Sandler because he is like there's a remote control and he just keeps every time something annoying happens, he hits the fast forward button, you know, and then he gets like to the end of his life and realizes, my God, he missed everything. And so it's not necessarily that we're going to feel good in each moment, but to be able to be with our feelings and sit with the moments and and the yoga I was saying yesterday, I think it always will meet us where we are. It does not matter. It doesn't require us to be anything other than what we are, regardless if we're in a bad mood or angry or irritable or sad or, you know, really happy. It always will meet you where you are. And and the present moment is where we have freedom. It's where we have power. And so we can't necessarily choose what is happening to us. And the fact that we're all sitting in our homes right now or whatever our circumstances are, but we can absolutely change how we experience them, how we talk to ourselves about them, how we process. And, and so it gives you complete power. You know, um, there are so many individuals over life. I think about like Victor Frankl, who was in the Nazi concentration camp. He wrote this great book, um, Man's Search for Meaning. And it's like, it's just like he was able to sit and process and actually find peace in these in these camps, you know, doing horrible things at times, you know, and he really talks about really well. It's not like considered a yoga book. Right. But it is really what is happening is that inner world. It's the only thing that we're in charge of. And so you can only access that in the present moment. And it really is. It's so overused that now the present moment, but it is where all of your power lies. Yeah, but it's really hard for people to um, to do it, which is why it's called a practice. But it's exactly. also, I think, just to be like really super beginner is that it's hard to even grasp that concept. You know, because I know when I first started um, on my um, spiritual journey that this idea of being present, I'm like, well, how am I supposed to plan for like next week? You know, (laughs) how do I not budget for like the bills I got to pay? You know, 
So, um, so how would you explain the present moment or being present for someone who doesn't even like do yoga, you know, or meditation and they're just, they just happen to be listening to this. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just an opportunity to take deep breaths and to give yourself permission to just be where you are. You know, the present moment doesn't say that everything's going to be great. Right. So it's the, the breathing is the biggest thing. Like if there's any, you know, it just to come into the present, take a big inhale through your nose and exhale out your mouth and just start to notice, um, what that does, you know, it's just, it's really through the breath and deep breaths as best as we can kind of give you access to those moments. Or I think about, you know, the moments where, if we ever feel like we're in the zone, right? Like we're not really thinking, we're just kind of doing and we know what to do and how to do it. And like that comes in so many different ways. And that's the gift of the present moment, you know, is that it gives you peace. So the, the breath is like, is huge. I mean, I don't think for me, I don't know. And from everything I've learned, I don't know another way to get there. People try to go in and, and think about their thoughts and all this stuff. And that's just like a lot of work to me. Like <laughs> I can't do that. That's a fight. So, you know, breathing techniques are really like, you don't have to do yoga, but we all have breath. And so deep breaths are like, yeah, yeah. The, the thing to explore. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's funny. First, I want to say that I love that, um, idea of being in the zone because that's something a lot of people can relate to no matter what it is they're doing. You know, like if you're a runner, like, you know, when you hit that certain mile mark and then you just hit this stride where you don't even feel that you're running anymore. You're sort of just floating. Exactly. Um, yeah. And with a lot of, um, you know, sports, um, experiences and even, you know, probably, um, playing, you know, some musical instrument, you know, some musicians who get like really into whatever groove they're playing. Um, and that's a, that's a really tangible way for people to understand this idea of the present moment. Um, but you were also talking about breath and I know that you recently, or you're training or have been trained in breath work, um, by David Elliott. And I would like to hear just what that's like for you and how, like as a, as both a student, but also as a practitioner and somebody who is offering it to others as a way to be in the present moment. Like, tell me about the breath because breath work is a really interesting thing. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, yeah. So breath work is a very interesting thing and it's, it is like having come from a yoga background. When I hear breath work, I think of all these different breathing practices, you know, and all these pranayama practices, which, um, there's lots of different techniques, but this particular one that is, is being taught by David Elliott. Um, no relation, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No relation. Two L's and two T's though, but no relation. Um, but he's, it's, so simple. This technique is you just take two breaths in, one into the belly, one into the chest, and then you exhale all out the mouth, um, all in and out of the mouth. And the interesting thing is for me, I have, um, you know, and I think this happens for a lot of people on that want to 
go on this like journey of self-discovery, right? We can be really, really hard on ourselves and we're trying all the time to be better. And so there's this constant fight. I mean, I've been practicing yoga 25 plus years and clearly I'm dedicated to it. It works, you know, and it's changed my life. But this interesting thing about the breath work is that it very quickly made a shift. And I think I watched this happen for a lot of people is that, there can be really fast healing very quickly because you're not in your head. It's an active breath. And that active breath moves energy in ways that like just allows these real shifts. And I don't mean like it's fun all the time or that it's lovely all the time. You know, it's not that. It's just there's so much power in the breath that anytime if I do feel anxious and I sit down and I do a few minutes of that, it deeply shifts you know, how I, how I'm feeling so that I can actually move into like what's next, you know? And so it's a lovely um, practice because it's available to everyone. You know, one, we all have our breath and two, you do it laying down. So, you know, it's like, it's so cozy and comfortable and you don't have to, you know, do anything else. There's so many people doing it that have nothing to do with yoga whatsoever. Cause even when I went train into training, there were very few other yoga uh, yoga people, which I found interesting. I've been doing so much yoga stuff for so many years and they're just people from all walks of life. But this particular practice allows you to feel, it allows you to heal. It allows you to just like have these deeper experiences, like of meeting deeper parts of yourself, right? Beyond your thoughts. And so there's a lot of freedom that comes with it. And it's just, it's a beautiful, when you talk about self-care, this is really a practice that for me, I think is like one, like uh, that we all can be doing right now. That just is like, it's beneficial for everybody because it only, it gets you so deep in touch with yourself you don't really need a teacher, you know, you really don't. I mean, it's lovely to have a guide, but it's you, you're in charge. So you get to kind of like control the ride and decide how fast and how slow you want to go. Um, and it's, it's ultimately all coming from your breath, you know? And so it's yeah. beautiful in practice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think what you just said was really important in tying together, um, this idea of being present, right. But, and choosing how we respond to whatever's happening outside of our bodies, you know, whatever experience we're happening, we have power over that and connecting that with the breath work, which again, you reminded us of how we have control. And I think a lot of people who, most of the people who don't practice yoga in the whole package yoga, um, or, or not on a spiritual path, tend to forget that we have control. Um, you know, it's, it's this default mode of victim. Like this is happening to me, you know, why is this happening to me? Um, and, and I'm just thinking about how the breath can remind us, this breathwork practice can remind us that we do have power. Um, and, you know, I feel like there should be some magic banner that goes across the globe to say, you have power. <laughs> it's so true. Cause you're, you said it so beautifully, but that is what it is. Like this deeper experience of you and you have, you're in charge, you know, we're in charge. None of us are stuck, even though we feel like that at times. And I know, you know, I can say that. And then at times I sure feel that way. Um, but we're really not. And that's what the yoga gives you and the breath and all of it is that you are in charge. It really is about what's happening in that inner world. 
and you have the power to change it, you know, or to create something different, but it's all happening from within you, not outside. And now that's another lovely little, you know, silver lining is that we can't go anywhere else. Like I can't like go clothes shopping right now or fill my void with my coffee or, you know, I have to make it at home. Like (laughs) I've been buying coffee every day out for the last five years, 10 years, maybe. And now I make it at home, you know? So it's like, it's showing you, you, you really like all your little, our little vices have been taken away. And so it's a huge opportunity to really like understand that, that this is what we have is what's inside. And that creates the whole, the, like what we do inside shows us like how we're seeing and experiencing the world. like, we have total power over that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because the, the pandemic has a lot of people in panic and anxiety and stress. And it's because of this, this amnesia, this forgetting of you have power. Now it's not to dismiss people's, you know, lived experiences of fear and all this stuff, but it's more about, okay, we're going to notice it. We can pay attention to it. And now what are you going to do about it? Um, Exactly. It's the story you want to engage with. It's not that you're not going to feel and process those things. And that, that can definitely, I think like, I always say this in the yoga world in particular, you know, there can be a lot of like love and light. And if you have feel fear, if you get angry, like then you're not a real yogi. And the reality is you are right. Because you're processing, you're allowing your feelings to come up. You're processing them. You're really doing this like churning and digesting and like that kind of stuff. And as it assimilates and then, you know, you get rid of what you don't need. So you're moving energy through you as opposed to like, no, I'm not angry or no, I don't do this. And it's like, well, sometimes, you know, sometimes I am, sometimes I yell sometimes, you know, and then how do we move through? Um, so it's honoring the feelings as they come up as well. Yeah. Because we all know that if you stuff your feelings down, it just ends up exploding out in some way, you know, you see a physical disease, but you know, right. (laughs) Right. It's really important to release that stuff. Um, you know, the other day I saw um, I saw something on social media that I thought was was really interesting that sort of connected with something you said earlier is that um, the world outside of you is a reflection of how much work you've done within. That is so true because that that's a hard one for people to get is that it's really the world, you know, what you see and what you experience. And and then the other thing that I think about that is that it's not necessarily that things will change, you know, it's that you're experiencing, you're experiencing things changes. Um, I always use an example and I say it as a joke, but it's really actually, um, it's actually, I guess not is like this, like miracle of like brushing your teeth, you know, like just to be so grateful every morning for brushing your teeth is like ridiculous. And it's something that most of us do and don't even like pay attention to, you know, but like the ability one to be able to brush your teeth and two, like if you read stories before toothpaste, it was really bad, you know, like it really affects your world. And so these little things that we take for granted every day, you know, it's not like all of a sudden you're going to have some diamond toothbrush and like the world is going to be all sparkly, but that can be the experience because of how we're looking at things, how we're, you know, we can choose to see everything that's wrong in life right now, or we can choose to see what is working and what is amazing and like feed that train. So it's not false, you know, we're not pretending we're finding something 
to be grateful for, something that we can actually feel. And then you keep building that momentum and then every, you know, then your experience does change about, you know, and the whole world does change, even though it might not necessarily look like it's changed on the outside, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe the material situation hasn't changed. Right. But like the, the world still looks right. Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting is that the, um, you know, with all the, the sort of media overload of the pandemic there, there, what I'm seeing are like two perspectives that are being fed us. It's the doomsday one or the kumbaya one. Right. Right. And I don't, I think both are a little dangerous, honestly, you know, there's a, there's always a middle place of like, this really can suck. And it also can be a good thing. They can be both at the same time, you know, is that it can be, it really can hold both. Like that's what the world does is it has paradox. It has polarity. So it, but you can hold both like that. You can have some fear and you can also be grateful, you know? And so it's like you hold both together and then you want to make sure you're, you're again, feeding ones that are, feeding stories that are going to make you feel better. It doesn't, it's not fake stories, but make you feel better. But ultimately it doesn't have to be one way or the, and the other, you know, it holds both. Right. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the conversations, um, around the pandemic are usually around, you know, infection, infections, like how many cases there are, how many people have died, um, all these things. And then there's like blaming and anger and, and we're in dire this, dire that, um, but then there'll be these little glimmers of like, hey, did you know that the Yumuna River that was deemed a dead river is now crystal clear blue and there's fish in there, you know, in three Which weeks. Crazy. Because that yeah. river is crazy. I mean, I know that I've taken a boat ride down that river. It's like the fact that anything and like that is it. There's so much of that happening as well, that there is healing, major healing happening on the planet right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then when I heard about the reports of the swans and the dolphins in Venice, and then they're saying that you can, now, you can see the Himalayans now, um, like, I'm, yeah. I'm just like, this is amazing, you know, but at the yeah. same time, you don't want to ignore that people are dying. So yeah. it's about holding both. And, and that's a hard thing to do. It is a hard thing to do. People have a hard time with that too. Cause it's like that. And that's the same thing with inner emotion. People have a hard time accepting that they have, you know, whatever, like low tolerance or something like they want to pre- pretend like they don't have certain characteristics and the world is composed of all of these things. And so it's giving us permission maybe to be more human, you know, because it can hold both. We're holding, we're seeing it right now. We're seeing healing and we're seeing sickness, like you're saying. And so there is, um, there's a place for both. And, and that, that permission actually feels kind of nice because it doesn't have to be one way or another, you know, all the time. Right. Like you don't have to feel bad for feeling, feeling joyful or happy. Um, when let's say, you know, on the other side of the street that someone had just passed away, you're not feeling happy because of that, but you are able to, to experience, you know, losing somebody plus, you know, the world healing. Um, exactly. Exactly. Feeling guilty about it, you know, because I know there are some people who are, are in, in very privileged situations, right? Yeah. Like there's a lot of us who are fortunate enough to be home, to be healthy. 
um, to work from home, uh, and to be happy, you know, to be content. And, and there's a lot of people who feel guilty about that, you know, like, Oh, I feel bad. Maybe I shouldn't like broadcast that I'm like healthy and I got a job, you know, but it's, but it's okay. You know, (laughs) I just want to like hug the world and be like, it's okay. It's okay to be happy and well taken care of right now. Like it's okay to be, yeah, you're right. It is. It's interesting because there is this, there's this dynamic that goes back like quite, quite some way, you know, like for a long time where people feel more pressure being like, quote unquote, the happy one, you know, and it's like, it's okay. (laughs) Like you're saying, it's okay when we're happy to be happy and it's okay to be happy during this pandemic. It's okay, you know, and it's actually like, it's, um, as long as we're being honest, I think yeah. that's that's really the invitation. Like, as long as we're being honest that we really are happy or we really are having a hard day, that's what there is to do right now. Yeah, yeah. And and one of my um, one of my teachers, she said, you know, it's okay to to embody joy and to be joyful because you can be that joy for people who aren't, mm-hmm. and to be like that example. Should they need to look, you know, I mean, because what good are you if you know, you got your friend who's, you know, anxiety and, and fear and all this other stuff. And you're like there with her, you know, when you inside probably feel really light. If you're if you're showing your light, that might help them move through the stuff that they're moving through. Absolutely. Absolutely. We don't have to be like sad to connect with people if we're not, you know, it's like we can still connect even if we're feeling pretty good and the person next to us isn't. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, if it comes from a place of, um, truth of sincerity and, and of love yes. uh, and people will pick up on that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And yeah, I think, I don't know. I just, I keep thinking about how to better serve, um, people who are in this situation. You know, I, I keep reading about, um, how, the narrative, the prevalent narrative is that this pandemic is an equal opportunity virus, right? Um, but it, if you peel away the layers, it really isn't because there are some people who have to go to work. There are some people who can't not go to work and work in places that are, you know, high exposure places. And I'm not talking just the hospitals, you know, I'm talking about, um, you know, communities of color where their job is their livelihood and, they have to go without protective gear. Um, and and so how do we, as yoga leaders, yoga leaders, yoga teachers, yoga practitioners, um, how do we help them? Um, I, you know, I don't know how else to ask it except how do we help them? <laughs> I know it is. So there's so there's a there's a lot to that. Right. Because there are so many um People doing all these things. I mean, my ex, my, my, you know, kids, um, mother is, uh, she runs Trader Joe's, you know? So she's like on what you would call the front lines of like this, this thing, you know, as well. And all these people that it is like both this gratitude, like for having a steady job in this moment. And also, you know, this exposure to all of this. And it's like, how do you help? Like, you just keep teaching yoga, you know, I mean, that's what we can do and we can be, you know, there, like, again, like, I don't know, 
what I can say is that we have equal people coming to classes, right? People like like us that happen to be home more, you know, like we're home and we're we're doing it from our houses. And then, uh, you know, healthcare. I see I I see nurses and things like that on our in our classes all the time that are just so grateful to like be able to do yoga to take a breath. And it's like it is hard because we can't go anywhere, right? Like we can't go teach in person and we can't, and who the heck can even, like there are people that have zero time right now, um, including myself. I mean, I'm extremely busy right now. Um, but you know, how can we help? We just keep doing what you're doing and what everyone's doing. I mean, it, it's a tricky thing again, cause I know a lot of people like yoga teachers have in particular, um, don't make a lot of money, you know, and so have been deeply affected by this. And when they're not the only like industry of people that have been affected, of course, but, um, this ability to share the teachings now, I keep thinking like, it sounds like a, a business opportunity, but I don't mean it really that way. But I just keep, but like every time, like we're doing stuff at the studio or like, you know, getting these classes ready or whatever, I just keep going in my head, hashtag future focused, you know, it's like future focus. Like I can't really, all I know is that today people need yoga and, and we're going to try to get it out there. I mean, there's so much online yoga right now. It's kind of amazing. People are doing every time I open anything they're live streaming they're offering and it's like I can't worry about making money right now I need to like like you're saying with the food and everything else you just got to keep offering wherever you can people are asking and your your our job right now as yoga teachers is to say yes you know yeah. And that's like, to me, that's like a five minute video on meditation. You don't have to be a yoga teacher. I'm watching like the teacher trainees right now. I thought it was so interesting because I was like, okay, I have no idea. The first week this all went down, we had to go and do teacher training on zoom, you know? And I was like five days into this, I then had to like, you know, just mentally like wrap around that. And I mentioned that it was also, you know, all these great benefits, but there's a handful of them doing things that are just like mind blowing, like teaching yoga to all of the yoga teachers or all of the teachers in schools, because I have like people that are, you know, teachers in schools and they're teaching yoga and they're teaching pranayama working like, you know, um, for, I can never say it right, but Louis Vuitton or whatever, like I have, you know, like she's teaching pranayama to all of her people. And like, they're teaching yoga. People are asking right now because now is the time that people are going to ask. So, if you are asked, just say yes, you know, it's like, it's incredible, like what they're doing. I mean, I'm, I'm totally blown away all because all because of this happening now, they're getting this opera, not only opportunity to be better, to be teachers quickly, they're helping people on the planet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like this, this moment in time is, is a huge call to service, right? Exactly. It's, exactly. You know, how can I serve? And, um, and that's like one of the main, um, tenets of, of the yoga practice is, you know, how can I serve? Okay. I mean, it's so funny cause there are some, um, like stereotypes of yoga of like some man sitting, you know, cross-legged in a cave, you know, how right. do I serve? I'm going to sit in a cave all day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but as householders, you know, for us, it's, it's more like, you know, what can I offer from my little corner of the room or whatever? Um, and that is a, is a really great reminder, um, for everybody, because I know that, that globally we're all frustrated, right. As, as far as like being at home or quarantine or whatever. And 
I know there's some conversations about like, we need to do, we need to organize, we need to mobilize, like whatever it is from the political perspective or from the, the shortage of PPE, you know, the protective gear, um, you know, and, and so what I'm seeing is, you know, especially with the masks, everyone's doing their part at, it's at the grassroots level and it's making such a difference where people are like, I'm going to make a mask and I don't know how to sew. I'll figure it out, <laughs> you know? So, um, so it's been amazing to witness it in that way. So I'm glad that you brought up the teacher training, um, sort of effect of the online, you know, transition into, into a larger call for service because it's reminded me now that everyone, it seems like has been, called and most people are answering which is which gives me hope <laughs> it's true and there's that um I'll, I'll butcher the quote but mr rogers actually one of his like uh quotes is um you know when i was little something along the lines of when i was little and i used to watch the news and there'd be scary things on the news my mother would always say you know you have to look for the helpers you'll always if you look for the helpers you'll always find the helpers in the scary moments, you know, and that's what I think is, again, we, that's, that's another great example of we have the power to choose, right? What do we want to be looking at right now? It's not like you're not seeing the whole picture, but if you focus on one part versus another, which one makes you feel better? The one actually where you're looking for the helpers, you know, and you're seeing all these amazing people step up and do things, um, in yoga, in food, in the sewing, like you're saying, you know, um, there's so many things that people are doing now that are offering help. And if we can feed that and look at that, that just feels better at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think if we, if we do what you're saying, feed that, um, that narrative, that story, that that can help us shift and develop into something better once the pandemic has run its course. Exactly. Um, you know, a lot of people are asking, you know, what's going to happen next? And a lot of people think that it's going to be back to normal and it's not. And so what, you know, what is, what are you going to look like coming out of it? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I, I might look 20 pounds heavier, but <laughs> I don't know. Some yeah. days I feel like that. And some days I feel like I'm going to be in the best shape of my life. Cause some days all I do is work out. I'm like, what am I going to do now? All right. Let me go back to the basement. I'm like, I'm like, all I'm doing is exercising, you know, <laughs> but it's like, I know, but I'm also eating the junk food. So yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> oh, and we got the and happening. Junk food. Right, and you got both <laughs> space for both. So good, good. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, but I wanted to, um, I wanted to, I lost my train of thought and I was like, oh my God, we got off on the, on the food and the heavy thing. Oh, you know, the, the one thing, I, just one more thing. And then, and then we'll, we'll, we'll close with a poem um, is that, you know, there's this, I don't know, this weird call for productivity. Right. And, and you mentioned it earlier on in our conversation and, um, it really is an invitation to slow down and, and to be quiet and, and to like, just be still. But there are those of us who, you know, need maybe just a little bit of a goal to stay sane. Yeah. Um, do you happen to have one of those, like a little goal, like by the time this pandemic is over, I'm going to have whatever. Well, I think for me, it's been very interesting is that, um, it's showing, it's just already showed me that half the stuff I used to pay attention to doesn't matter. 
I no longer worry about half the things I used to, you know, and it's not, I'm not saying I have things handled. I don't have bad days or whatever. And I don't have moments of like fear, you know, whatever it is. Like, of course I do, but everything that I thought mattered before. um, And that sounds so cliche because I know certain things don't, but like, I don't, it's like, everything just changed. And I literally, I would love to come out of this whole, like maintaining, like being here long enough. I should, I guess I could say that that habit really takes hold, Mm. right. That I don't forget quickly. Um, and I, I, like you said, I don't think it's going to change. Um, it's, it's not going to go back to normal. Uh, it's whatever, there's a whole, everything has shifted and we don't know where that's going to land yet. But, um, it's been, that has been like the sweetest part so far. It's that automatically certain things I've been trying to overcome for years are just like gone. Like, I'm okay. You know, in a good way. (laughs) It's not even a thing to overcome because it's just sort of like vanished. Yeah. It vanished. And it showed, it showed me an experience like that. I have a deeper experience and more peace um, because that stuff has been taken away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you make a good point about this, you know, ha- holding us long enough that yeah. this new normal that people are calling, um, holds that it yeah. that stays because it feels, it feels good and it feels right. You know, for most of us, I don't want to exclude right. those who are really suffering right now. Absolutely. Um, but just, you know, just in terms of how our, our, our nature or human nature is operating, um, perhaps that can hold and introduce a new way of, of existing. Um, I don't know. It's weird. Cause I got, uh, I get these like routine emails from my town, like the mayor or whatever. And yes. one, the recent one was like, this is not the new normal. It'll be back to business as usual. And I was like, who are you kidding? <laughs> I know it's very interesting. It's not, I know. I think about that. Like, even if, like, when doors open up, like, I don't think people are going to be flooding out. You know, there's going to, this is going to be a very different trickle into, like, like, I have no idea. I have no idea what it means for my business, for life, for anything. You know, it's, we don't know. And so, like, that building a momentum right now is really like, that's what we can do is we can build momentum within us that we're creating new habits that just are going to make us, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, feel better. Like if I feel good, then I'm going to be better serving on the planet. And so, you yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's going back to being present because we don't know what the unknown is, right? We don't. We can't even imagine like who's, who's planning a summer vacation right now. You know, we don't do anything. We don't even what that looks like. The summer vacation looks like being at home. <laughs> right. Right. Spring break is this week for my kids. Yeah. We haven't. Yeah. And, you know, with each day, everything changes. You know, three days ago, we went for a bike ride on the towpath, and we can't do that now because like, it's closed. You know, we can't even go outside practically outside of the yard. So it's like right. every day it's changing. And so, what are you going to, how can you worry about anything? You know, it's like you really can't because there's really so much present. Yeah. And that's it. This is what right. we have. So, again, like feed you know, build momentum in the direction we want is like, we can do that, you know, not linear. So it gives you permission for everything, but it's like, we can do that. You know, that's important. The nonlinear part, because most people think, you know, beginning, middle, end, right. I've overcome (laughs) instead of spiraling, 
right. maybe like curving, maybe yeah. <laughs> a roller coaster. It's all, it can be all over. Exactly. <laughs> it could end up, I don't know, yeah. on, a different, on a different plane altogether. <laughs> um, all right. So did you happen to choose a poem? You I did. It's my that? favorite little, I don't even know if it's the whole, I don't know if it's a poem or I don't know if it's part of a bigger piece or not, but it is my favorite um, Rumi is who I chose, but it's, uh, it goes, very little grows on jagged rock. Be grounded, be crumbled, so wildflowers will come up where you are. Mm, yeah, so that. it's like, that's my favorite. I think it's like, it might even be on my website. I have a website, but I, it's outdated. But that's like, you know, that reminder, very little grows on jagged rock. Be grounded, be crumbled, so wildflowers will come up where you are. Mm. I love that. And I love that reminder to be grounded because yeah. I think it's really important right now. It is. To not get carried away with, you know, crazy stories that don't serve you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Shannon. This was thank really you. wonderful. I thank love you. This was fun. Yeah. Um, so for those of you that are listening and you live in the central New Jersey area, you should definitely come to Onyx Yoga Studio because the community there is amazing. I mean, when doors open, quote unquote. <laughs> or come now for free online. <laughs> come online, you know. We'd love to see you. <laughs> really, they're really amazing. Um, all right. So as I close every episode, um, the divine light in me bows to the divine light in you. Namaste. Namaste. If you're an empath, you know how hard it is to stay energized or even to just get out of bed, especially during this global crisis. Unfortunately, most of us try to power through or give up and hide under the covers. But without understanding that our nervous system is the key to resilience, we remain frustrated by our wasted efforts and stay stuck in overwhelm and exhaustion. That's why I created How to Create More Energy and Resilience for Empaths. It's a mini yoga and training class that provides you with tools to strengthen your nervous system. It usually goes for $97, but I'm offering it absolutely free. I want to help more people get out of the vortex of depletion. Register today at suryagian.com slash strong and resilient empaths. Live your best life now.